This is the Police Canine Training Podcast with Jeff Meyer. Join us for each episode to get real-world advice from canine professionals who have experience on the street. Each episode will focus on up-to-date information that you can use on the street. Spend about 30 minutes with us each week as part of your training day. Our goal at Police Canine Training is to make every canine team be the best they can be. Welcome to the Police Canine Training Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Meyer. Today I have a, a guest on. Uh, I have Steve Stoops with me. And it's funny because Steve and I have both been around this industry a long time and travel all over the place. But our paths really never crossed. So I reached out to him. I've got a lot of mutual friends. He and I know, you know, many, many of the same people. And going back, you know, 30 years, we've there's lots of old people that we've uh, trained with over the years. And it's just funny. Our, our paths really haven't crossed. But I reached out to him because... Um, Steve has a tremendous amount of experience and I wanted to get him on here to kind of share some of it. I have a feeling that after uh, today we'll have him on a few more times because with the amount of experience Steve has and can bring to the table, we really can't get that much out of him in the, you know, we keep these shows down to about 30 or 40 minutes. So hopefully uh, you like what what you hear and then uh, I'll get some questions and we'll bring Steve back on have him on here a couple more times, do some follow-ups. But with that, I'm going to let Steve just take the mic for a minute and kind of introduce himself and talk about his background and how he ended up kind of here on this uh, podcast. So, Steve, how are you doing today? Good, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I appreciate you coming on. And if you can just kind of maybe go over your background a little bit for our listeners who maybe aren't as familiar with you. Yeah, the Reader's Digest version is um, after I got out of the Marine Corps in the early 80s, I became a police officer. Uh, and then five years into that, I became a canine officer, SWAT officer. Um, and then I started, uh, a couple of canine organizations, uh, one of them being American working dogs, the other one, Dadak. And, uh, I drank through a fire hose as a young guy and got to, uh, train with a lot of the elite people, uh, in the canine world at that time. And then, uh, I used to burn my vacation time and go to Europe and, uh, train with the KMPV guys, the IPO guys, even the Mondio ring guys. Uh, and then uh, while I was teaching, um, I had the opportunity to go all the way to the West Coast, East Coast, North, South. And um, Ken Licklider called me to help him because he has some very special guys there from the Army that uh, needed some instruction. And uh, I went there and uh, worked with the army guys under ken's guidance and then that was my pathway to my current job where i'm uh the senior trainer at the joint special operations command so so you you started in obviously local law enforcement and i know you know i I appreciate the reader digest version but i'll throw in a few things um i listened to you on a different podcast and i thought it was uh, cool when you talked about uh, buying your first dog so just touch base on that a little bit because i don't think that happens very often anymore but when you and i started it wasn't super uncommon yeah so um this is uh in the um, dating myself um when i hired on the early 80s our department was about a 150 man department in central indiana uh anderson um pretty good uh, crime rate um a lot of red meat for a good policeman there Anyhow, they had four dogs in the canine unit, and I loved dogs, and I wanted to be in the canine unit. They were like, no, son, there's no room. And then I said, what if I buy my own dog? 
And they said, well, if you want to buy your own dog, go ahead. And at that time, most of the departments had, uh, were still doing the, the donated sure, dogs. Sure. And that was the way my department was at the time. However, Indianapolis, 22 miles away, uh, they had imported dogs, as did Marion County in Indianapolis. Um, but anyhow, they were like, if you're crazy enough to buy your own dog, then come on. And so I went to a bank where my uncle was the vice president and I asked for a $6,500 loan for a dog and he said, no way. <laughs> so, uh, so then I went to one of those high dollar, high interest rate uh, finance companies that sure. I won't mention their name because they're still in business. And I took out the loan and uh, I went to Bowling Green, Kentucky and the trainer told me uh his name was gene england a, a man of some renown uh he uh, met me and he said that I, he wanted to interview me to see what kind of dog he would get for me and i was really excited i after the interview with him i went home and waited for him to get my dog and i pictured a big german shepherd and uh he he said that he had my dog ready i went back down to bowling green about a five-hour drive and he said, I've got you a Malinois. And I said, what the hell is that? <laughs> they weren't said, very, well, they weren't very common then. No, not, not in 1989. No. Uh, and then he brought in this little 55-pound uh, hectic dog. And I told him, I said, Gene, I need a mean dog. And he said, this is a mean dog. Uh, and then I went through his five-week school. And then I washed cars, had car washes, all kinds of charity events to pay off this gruesome loan I had, a, <laughs> a uh, horrible monthly payment of $120. You know, how can I do that? Back then, I yeah. uh, was able to pay the dog off, and then I um, had enough money left over. I thought, well, I've got money left over. Maybe I can help somebody else get a dog. So I got a dog uh, for the Indiana Department of Corrections, another Malinois, and I happened to buy him off of Ken Licklider. And he, Ken was not, didn't have a, a formal business then. He, he was uh, still in the U.S. Air Force. Uh -huh. And I bought the third dog that he ever sold before he had a kennel. Wow. And that's what started it all off. And I formed a not-for-profit corporation to pay off my dog, a 5013C, and I called it Dogs Against Drugs. And then it took off from there and uh, went pretty good. And uh, with Dogs Against Drugs, uh, I would put on seminars around the country and only charge the cops $35. And we flew in people like Jan Kaldenbach, Wendell Nope, Don yeah. Yarnell, uh, Ernie Burwell. Any of these names ringing a bell to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No more. And uh, people from uh, people of renown, Guy Harrison from Hard Dog Requisites. Yep. And... Um, yeah, it took off, and it was. Uh, uh, I think we, I think we were trendsetters, and uh, got to uh, do a lot of good things for the smaller departments, or the low budget departments. Yeah, yeah. So, so once you got that dog up and running, did your uh, agency let you start working on the street? Well, what happened was, uh, I kind of got ghosted uh, by the other canine guys. Um, I found out they were in canine to get the uh, one hour. Um, early at oh, night yeah. and uh they weren't in it i knew our, those dogs never caught bad guys yeah so yeah i knew that so uh um but however my supervisor his name was leon wazaluski a lieutenant he was a great guy he said uh you cannot get your dog out of the car until you go through your canine school because i got the dog from gene and he said 
take the dog home for three weeks until the school starts and treat him like a girlfriend. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, right, take rice in the car with him and feed him and love on him. And I said, okay. And so my supervisor said, uh, you uh, can ride him around the car, but don't get him out of the car. Sure. And this led to my first, first of many missteps I've had in my <laughs> career. And uh, one night we were, patrolling and my fellow officers knew i had this new dog this belgian mayonnaise um <laughs> and uh one night we had a, a bar that was kind of dangerous uh that were a lot of bad people drug involvement hung out and he said meet me uh and the name of the place was the el morocco and he said meet me at the el morocco and uh let's take your dog a walk around uh the el morocco out in the parking lot well I've, I uh, violated the orders issued to me by that lieutenant. Sure. And we got the dog out, and uh, a guy of uh, that we knew a well-known um, malcontent came walking up, and he said, "I'm going to eat your dog." And I told him, "Stay away from my dog." But I was worried that he was going to frighten my dog. The guy lunged, and uh, my dog Zane bit him in the forehead and put him on his ass and he was bleeding and i'm like i'm done yeah, I'm fired you know, uh, <laughs> i'm i'm uh they're gonna send my dog back but uh i had like i said i had a good lieutenant who was a leader not a supervisor yeah. and uh he admonished me and um uh he was really cool so thank you leon wazalewski <laughs> if you're out there but uh yeah and i always tell people that like my uh a lot of my triumphs are built on misfortunes that I learned from and it, sure. and it led to better things. But yeah, it was a rocky start. And then uh, Zane, uh, I worked with him for five years and he caught numerous bad guys, uh, numerous saved my life a couple of times and uh, was the catalyst for a lot of departments in the Midwest uh, for getting dogs. But I would be the only guy at a seminar with a Malinois for oh, the yeah. longest time. Yeah. And, I put up with all the jokes, you know, the the rat on steroids, yep. you know, the coyote, yep. yeah, whatnot. Oh, yeah, yeah, I had one of the first Malinois in our agency, too, and same thing, they <laughs> talked about how ugly he was and stuff, and then they watched him work, and, yeah. and it was like, yeah. not so ugly now, <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it, was, it was a fun, uh, it was fun yeah. back then. Um, did, <laughs> did you end up training with, like, Indianapolis and a lot of those agencies, too, back then? Absolutely. Uh, my first canine school it was um, Marion County, Indianapolis. Well, I went to Gene's uh, six-week school, but I, I it was it, I learned. But I actually Marion County, Mike Deal and uh, Craig Patton of Indianapolis they saved me, and uh, I went through Marion County School. And a guy named Kenny Derrett, who was the president of Napwater at one time, was was uh, was the instructor, and he was wonderful. And then uh, I went through Indianapolis's course, and they gave them free. They didn't charge. Uh, nice. they, they were really, really doing everything for the right reasons. And then I trained uh, the 15 years I was with dogs. Mike, Mike Deal, and Craig Patton and I uh, uh, trained a lot together. And now, uh, good now guys. Not, I don't know everything, obviously, about that area, but I'm going to imagine that in those dates, you know, the late 90s, um, or, I'm sorry, late 80s, that there was pockets of agencies, and I, I, from what I understand, Indianapolis at the time they had a pretty big canine unit. I think didn't they? 
they did in an active game you know they, they they went after it and so were they one of the were they kind of a leader as far as like transitioning out of the um donated dogs and maybe getting better education and stuff was that one of the agencies that that was well in that area in the midwest yes um but I, i'm sure you know you being west of the mississippi there were uh the everybody west of the mississippi were they were the leaders in the tactics yeah like uh you know and i think uh still um because then i do that having that charity i was lucky enough to go out west go out yeah. on the west coast yeah. and train with lapd yep. los angeles police canine association the santa monica guys uh and they i i learned we learned a lot about uh the, the the correct tactics is used with dogs from you guys west of the mississippi and it's it's pretty interesting to look back because i kind of i was fortunate enough that when i started a lot of that transition had taken place but i was decoying and got to see it and got to even our own agency they started sending more uh more of our trainers to actually going through Wendell nope and utah and doing um, Utah Post and going outside the agency. Uh, one mm-hmm. of our old trainers was real tight with Don Yarnell. So, you know, we ended up getting some LAPD training from them and stuff. But it, I think a lot of handlers now, you know, if you've been a handler for four or five years, I think a lot of them take a lot of that for granted. You know, you just buy a quality dog and and uh, some of the training's better or, or worse. But but there's more of a mechanism to, to actually have it be uh like a professional product and there was so much back then i like even i remember we had a bite suit that they sent to some local uh shoe repair guy to fix (laughs) all the holes in it because we just didn't have the money and we're a major agency we just didn't have the money to go buy another bite suit so we had this bite suit that all the padding was kind of broken down on it but then it had patches all over it where the dogs had bitten through and i mean i'm sure you have you know similar stories and it's it's cool now you know to look back 30 years and think of you know all the changes that we've seen and and i think you know most most all of them very much for the good yeah you know and and uh jeff i think i'm probably a little bit older than you but we were flying blind back then there was no youtube videos you know no point of reference yeah um which you know it's fortunate people are fortunate now that that's out there but uh the bite suit thing you know i went to you know marion county is the county agency over indianapolis so good budget i guess but our the bite suit we had to wear they we had to have a telephone book put on the butt of the bite suit because <laughs> it had holes in it so yeah uh, the uh the canine units uh always you know had to suck hind teeth uh when it came to funding yeah 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 so it's it's fun to kind of think about some of the changes and then you know, from all of those experiences, you know, you obviously, uh, you at, at some point you left your law enforcement and you moved into the, the career you're in now. Mm-hmm. Kind of talk about that transition and how you how you ended up doing that. Yeah. Um, so, um, and like what 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 we uh, like we discussed, I don't name I don't sure. name units or yeah. anything like that. Um, so the transition came this way. So. I was fortunate enough to live uh, an hour and a half from Ken Licklider. And him and I, after I got that dog, him and I turned out to be uh, best friends. He was the best man in my wedding. Nice. And we're still, we're still, uh, we're still very tight. Anyhow, he had, uh, uh, I would go up there and train and I got my chances 
to uh, put my hands on lots of dogs for years, and yeah. I helped him with patrol classes. I was not on the payroll. Uh, it's just he did, you know, it's just what friends do. Yeah. And uh, so these guys, these long, these very fit guys from the Army were there, and he said, I, I, I want you to come up and teach a class to them. And they were very fit guys with longer hair and beards. And, you know, yeah. I don't think you have to be a rocket yeah. scientist. Yeah. I'm just, you know, ask me no questions and yeah, I yeah. tell you no lies. So sure. I didn't ask. And uh, then that turned into where these guys would come to a seminars that I was putting on with, with my dad, Ack, and they'd watch the tactical seminars. And they offered me a job. They said, hey, do you want to come work for us? I didn't have my 20 on the police department yet. And this was like uh, uh, right after 9-11. Yeah. Not too long after that. So I uh, I said, no, I can't do it right now. And um, But I actually went to Afghanistan uh, in 2002. Ken had a contract for the Hamad, Hamad Karzai uh, protection detail. And uh, I went there and uh, set up the, uh, uh, with, you know, under yeah. Ken's umbrella, set up sure. the uh, protection dog detail for uh, Karzai. So I got into the war zone. That's another story that was actually scarier than anything I've done oh, absolutely. up till then, up till now. How long, um, were, how long were you there that time? Uh, I was there for a month. But if you've got a second, I will tell you a quickie on yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. So it was 2002. Remember, we invaded Afghanistan in the late fall of 2001. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it was uh, still. Um, it was hopping. Lack of a better term, it's still Indian country sure. everywhere yeah. there. Yeah, it was hopping. So, sure. um, and that's a term the Marines uh, we used in the Marines. You know, Indian country. No, no slam on no, the yeah. Native Americans. Yeah. Um, so so i flew on the commercial airline ariana which is the airline for afghanistan that uh the united states stood that airline back up i caught it in frankfurt it was a 727 old 727 <laughs> a we billion took off. miles <laughs> oh yeah and we took off and i was the only westerner other than one guy on that plane and we're flying, and the pilot, you know, says something in a foreign language, but he says Damascus. So we landed in Damascus, Syria. I'm like, perfect. We take yeah. off again and fly a little bit over an hour, and then he said something else, and he said Tehran. And we landed in Tehran, Iran. Oh, I stuck geez. my passport under my seat because, yeah. that, you know, we're not yeah. well-liked there. Um, then we took off from there and landed in Kabul. But the guy, other guy on the plane... Uh, I, I walked up to him during the flight. I said, "What are you? What are you, are you an American?" He said, "Yeah." And I said, "What do you? Uh, if you mind, if you don't mind me asking, why are you going to Afghanistan?" And he said, "I work for National Geographic. I'm going to do write an article about the dogs of Afghanistan." I said, "What?" And he said, "Yeah, they've got these big dogs, uh, mastiff-like dogs, up in the mountains." So I thought, "Well, you know, there's an yeah. irony." You know? um, so we land in uh, Afghanistan. And there, it's like a bus station. Like there's blown up aircraft uh, all over, all over outside the runway. I get off the plane. There is nobody to pick me up. Oh wow! And I stand outside, and there are a lot of uh, guys there, with kind of menacing with AK sevens. Yeah. And I'm trying to look as mean as I can, or confident, which <laughs> I wasn't. 
and I was there for an hour with no ride. And then a van pulls up and some Gurkhas, you know what they are, the, uh, Indi- um, the Nepalese soldiers uh, pulled up and they said, are you Steve? And I said, yeah. And they said, get in. And I said, and how? So, yeah, <laughs> that was my uh, introduction to Afghanistan. But it was wild back then because oh, yeah. we could uh, walk in the city, uh, walk in Kabul without a worry, you know, go shopping. Uh, they actually liked us in the early part of, of that Crazy. ordeal. Yeah. Huh. But anyhow, I got off track. I'm sorry. No, that's. I, I think that's interesting. But that, those are experiences. So, so then you're 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 at in Indiana with uh, Licklider, and he yep. wants you to train some of these guys. And you made an interesting point before we got on the phone here. Is you know I think sometimes we we want to learn, you know, tactics and stuff from the military. But I think you know you you have some experience there about where where some of those tactics come from. So if you can kind of touch on that. Yeah. So I can mention one name because he's out of the military now. One of those long haired fit guys, his name was Shannon Krieger. And he was, uh, and, and let me back up by saying like the, you, the people that are actually responsible for those elite canine units in the military, you can count the people that really did it and slapped it together. You can count on less than 10 fingers. And Shannon Krieger was one of the trailblazers and, uh, they had the foresight of coming to civilian police officers and riding with cops all over the country, um, doing their due diligence because they're outside the box tankers. And they decided to let police officers to use the tactics of police officers because we were the only people with experience doing offensive actions with dogs. Yeah. And we do that as cops. We did that all the time, hunting for bad guys and letting the dog close with and engage the bad guy. The U.S. military had no experience of that other than um, security dogs, you know, guarding the base, but actually seeking out and finding the bad guys. uh, They didn't have that. The dogs of Vietnam were, uh, you know, sniffed booby traps and were scout dogs. Uh, World War II, they were scout dogs, but actually fur missiles, seeking out the enemy to destroy, uh, were not destroy is a bad word, to vanquish, was uh american police officers so instead of going to lackland uh they went to us and a lot of people especially on social media now guys want to talk about special ops mm-hmm. canine tactics well i got news for you they grabbed us uh myself um jim haggerty former lapd yep. officer yep. uh worked for the soldiers of the sea um and they they we took police tactics and morphed them in and then created a whole new genre of working dogs that i can't go into but uh yeah that was the genesis of it so uh but uh good on that on those organizations because the easy button would have been to push lackland but yeah uh they they went around that and uh and the success in the in the uh in the Iraq and Afghanistan, the lives saved by those dogs, the testament to the guys like Shannon Krieger. Uh, um, and I don't think, you know, I don't think Ken Licklider gets his due sure. on, on that stuff. Yeah, I know, know he had a lot of the, the contracts yeah. and, and contracts and contacts. And uh, I know I, I definitely would give him credit because I know he brought in, you know, the best people he could find because I know he's, uh, he, you know, he loves his country and, and, you know, did what he could. Yeah, yeah. 
So, so at the time uh, when you you go to Afghanistan, you come back. There, there was a time where you get your twenty in, and then you transitioned over and started working for. Uh, yep, they they called me again, uh, and uh, I just short time later, and I had my twenty on. I didn't ask how much it paid. I was, you know, that proud to be yeah. an American. You know, yeah. patriotic fervor. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to get some. And one of the draw, the biggest drawing point for me was uh, they said, you will go on target. You will go to combat. And I'm like, yes, sir. You know, yeah. And so I got there. They, they put they put us through, uh, put me through a, a, a really good course. And uh, we worked with the dogs. And then I started uh, 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 going overseas and uh, um, helping the guys. And. What what was the uh, was this a, a large um, number of dogs you were working with, or did you start out kind of small and and when I, when I got there, uh, there were um, I think uh, around uh, eight or nine dogs, and then uh, as the this as the insurgency started, uh, then it went up exponentially. Sure, um, and. Uh, uh, they asked me if I to reach out and hire some people, and uh, um, so I touched on a few on a few people that came in to help. Um, but it was it was uh, it, it got really busy. What what type of dog were you looking for? Like in a like an overview, what were you looking for in those dogs? Honest to God, the same dog you want. Sure. Uh, so uh, take any good stable patrol dog. Um, yeah, so I, I use the same criteria criteria that, as when I picked uh, police dogs. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe the only difference is uh, uh, a vocal, a, a very vocal dog, or a dog that you know with anxiety, yeah. whining, which is hard to stop. Um, I didn't take that dog, but everything else, I think, uh, I think you would take just about every dog that we had. You know, yeah. it would be the same dog you would pick, Jeff. So basically, a, a social dog that that not just a you know snapping at everything and strong yep. hunt strong you know character yep. but and stable yep. and trainable basically yep and I, I i call them social gorillas yeah um, perfect description but, uh, yeah because if they're you know social it doesn't have to mean friendly they don't have to be a wall a um walmart door greeter but they have to be social in that they can work in concert uh, with other human beings, uh, yeah, exactly. And be, yeah, get, get but bumped same as into a good, and, and the same SWAT dog you were using yeah. in the '90s, you know, like some of the great SWAT dogs, you know, in that day. Yeah, same dog. And were you able to get those dogs? Were you getting them from you know, like Ken Licklider, or were you just going yeah, straight to uh, Europe? So, or? so the two, the two main sources, uh, the big ones were uh, uh, Ken Licklider, and then uh, Mike and Dave Reaver at yeah, Battle of Horse. Sure. Uh, again, uh, Mike Reaver is one of my best friends in the world. Uh, he's a patriot. He's a former combat sol uh, soldier, Iraq veteran. Uh, and then he, he eventually came to the unit yeah. and uh, he worked there with me for five years and we had so much fun, but yeah, Ken and, uh, and the Reavers out of dad the horse, uh, so, uh, did, did, and you know, they've been over backwards, you know, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, to do it right. Yeah. And, uh, because we weren't fun clients to have, you know, because you'd send a great dog back because he whined a little bit, yeah. you know, like we yeah. were, we were more of a pain than, uh, uh, to them than yeah. a uh, benefit, but they stuck with us. 
So you'd buy the dog stateside, and then you trained them here stateside, obviously. Um, what was- um, we actually go. We actually went to Europe. Uh, we we started uh, uh, going on bike trips with uh, uh, oh, okay. with uh, Mike and Dave. They took yeah. us along, and, and we would uh, uh, go, uh, go to Slovakia, Germany, Holland, yeah. Belgium. You know, so that we were fortunate to, to go 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 over there. And it's fun when you get to see uh the people that trained them oh yeah working, yeah you know? good uh, yeah, yeah i've done that and got you know go to the clubs and yeah. meet the people that's a, a great experience so the, so yeah. the dogs they they did end up here stateside and then uh you trained them for uh did you pre-train them a little bit or did you start training right away with the soldiers that were going to be handling them oh over there um we we do our testing over there and then uh, as best we could you know how that goes yeah, yeah. sometimes when you get the dog back it isn't the same dog nope. you saw in yep. Europe, you know. Yep. But uh, so we get them back. Um, time was of the essence, and uh, from uh, gosh, two thousand four to uh, two thousand eleven, it was really, really uh, extremely busy. Slacked off just a little bit when we pulled out of Iraq, and we're just only in Afghanistan. And then with the birth of ISIS, it picked back up again. Sure. Um, but we train them. Um, you know. Um, you've probably heard me say this before like our sport you know when you look at how uh intricate schutzen ipo is french ring you know they're, they're pretty a lot of different exercises yeah yeah uh, um my sport had three events run in house locate dominate run in field locate dominate uh and maybe uh as a halftime show, do some detection, but yeah. detection played a very small part of it. Yeah, so it was, it was mostly hunting and and making an apprehension. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I'm not going to overcomplicate it. That's what no. it is. Well, it's uh, funny you I know you, you say that, and the, the I always tell people when I do my e-collar classes, um, one of the stories I like to tell them is that the, one of the the guy that I replaced in the unit had been around for a very very long time, and he and we were having the same discussion you and I are having. He said. You know, this buying dogs and going to schools, it's all great. And he said, but I'm going to tell you, at the end of the day, dogs heal and they get them. And yeah. he said, he said all these 35 German commands and all that, he said, those are the two things they do. And now, you know, 30 years later, that's, you know, it's it simplifies it, but that's really kind of what they do. So if they'll heal and, and, send, and go about and hunt, they'll take care yeah. of most everything for you. And I, I don't even call it obedience. I call it the delivery system. Yeah, you know, just deliver that dog to the objective. Be it if you're a policeman or a uh, a, a a special soldier, whatever. Yeah, uh, a delivery system. Just uh, getting there. Um, uh, he doesn't have to heal pretty. Uh, just that, do yeah. the job. I that's what I always say. They need to be under control. It's yeah, not, yeah. It's not points and shots or anything like that. It's just dog if, needs if to I be. Can, if I can be just a little bit uh, venomous, a little bit. Sure. When I watch these uh, special ops trainers on the YouTube or whatever, they're doing stuff like downing the dog, running, taking cover, calling the dog, stuff you would never do yeah. uh, in the real in the real deal as a policeman or as a soldier. You know, you wouldn't do that. Well, how about the guys, and I've seen it several times, that uh, say that they're, that they're mimicking, you know, uh, military and they're having the dogs heal between the their legs drives me oh crazy. yeah drives me so crazy. that that 
you know, that, that's nice if you want to trip and fall on your dog yeah, and have them walk yeah. in between your legs. Yeah, you know? you but wanna... it is cool, you know. Uh, uh, my girlfriend does it with her dog, and it's it's <laughs> it's cool. And and uh, I'm just saying that that between your legs stuff is not conducive really? to move, shooting and moving. Good way to get get in a bad situation real quickly. It's on a yeah, shooting platform. Go face first in the dirt with uh, tripping over that that exactly. little Malinois. Exactly, exactly. So then, uh, uh, the dogs you'd you'd get them up. You'd, how long like was the the training process? Um, in when I first got there, uh, like I said, it was really busy. Um, less than less than six weeks. I actually sent one dog with eighteen training days. Uh, he went to Iraq, and uh, his handler met him there. Uh, the handler that. Uh, uh, the handler then, uh, the second night out, uh, uh, caught two bad guys. The dog did, you know, but this was an exceptional dog. Sure. So, and was, was he, was he like a KMVP? Big Malinois. Was he uh, a t- KMVP title dog or anything? Yeah, or? he's t- titled, but he, he looked like Marmaduke. He had like dew laps. Uh, he was a big Malinois, big friendly boy, but, um, but a tough boy and very capable. But usually back in the early times, uh, at least five to six weeks and then a more formal course when we got more bodies started and uh uh it, that that course lengthened but then you would have to you would have to bend it and be versatile sure. because sometimes people would have to go early sure yeah yeah and then um when they were when they were deployed was there much opportunity to do any maintenance training or was it just pretty much uh, busy all the time Did you training there? There? yeah yeah, oh yeah, uh, tons. Uh, yeah, um, you were limited by the intense heat. Sure. Uh, um, and you had, uh, you know, you were on a compound. You had training areas, so we would always we would do a little something uh, every day, uh, just uh, just to keep the sword sharpened. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we did something every day, and uh, and a lot of relationship exercises. You know, it's a it's a wonder what playing with your dog can do. You know, absolutely relationship so yeah we did train over there absolutely so if you if you were to stay from that very first time you were there the first, you know some of your first experiences what was something that you know you wish you would have known then that you know that you learned later or figured out later or trained differently i'm sure there was probably things that evolved over time um i learned um that you know my dog selection changed a little bit over there um um i i i now i speak for myself only uh i started wanting a dog that when i go to europe i ask it if it, if it grew up in a house i want a dog that somebody loved it yeah and those dogs were much easier i did much better in uh uh than than, than dogs that you know didn't didn't have that kind of upbringing so I would always, you know, that that's yeah. what I would shoot for. But uh, as far as tactics or anything like that on on target, um, I leave that to the professionals, to the commandos. Yeah, not me. Yeah. Um, so there's not a lot that I, I say that I would change. You know, well, that's um, good. That means police that- police work prepared me, and uh, um, you know, we got, you know, I had some hair raising experiences there. Um, and uh but but being a you know being a street cop it's uh if i may um when you're when you're a soldier you have 
you know, 30, 40, 50 other people with you. Uh, you have a commander that's calling the shots. Yeah. If it goes sideways, he's responsible. A police officer, you've been there, I've been there, you're by yourself sometimes. Yep. Yeah. And you have to make life altering decisions at the blink of an eye. And you are going to, uh, you're going to eat it if it goes wrong civilly, criminally. Uh, so I think good policemen, uh, that, that prepared me for there, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I've had, I've had just as scary times as so have you. Uh, so have a lot of cops out there listening that I had over in Iraq or Afghanistan. Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, and they're the big, the big difference is the criminals that we went after. They don't want to go to jail. Uh, but the, our adversaries in these wars were fanatics that didn't care if they died and that they're, they're ready to that fight. Was that yeah. was a different kind of adversary than sure. who you normally meet on the street as a cop. Sure. Absolutely. So now same question, just phrased differently. If you were back today and you sworn back in and you were working in, in a, you know, same size department you started with and you were going to start a canine unit, would there be things you'd be di doing different now based on the experiences you had there? Yeah, I would simplify it. Yeah. Uh, back then, uh, uh, I overcomplicated it. A lot of the training overcomplicated. I would fall back on the uh, uh, going to house, find person, going to field, find person. Uh, you know, when I'm going to yeah. say field area search, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, go in the building, go in the building, find yeah. da 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 da. And I probably wouldn't have uh, been doing a lot of Gucci. Uh, obedience i would mm -hmm. i would harden my dog up i'd want to get him ready for that adversary for that uh because you know how it is when a dog meets a bad guy for the first time most of the time they're not up and resisting they're they're laying in wait they're passive but laying in wait for you that that's yeah. the most dangerous guy yeah. in the world yep and uh preparing them i would i would prepare them for uh, that encounter yeah and i think that's definitely one of the things that changed i know i remember the first certification i had to do i remember like one of the one of the many obedience exercises we did was have our dog jump over a four-foot fence and they had to stand so you couldn't put them in a down or a sit you had to tell them to jump and stand which we were able to train but what a pain yeah. in the ass and not one time in in my life did i ever jump my dog over and tell him to stand you know I'd put yeah. him in a stable down or something so yeah. i liked like over the years like wendell nope through utah post which we did a lot of our certifications, he really started doing more street realistic scenarios and changing it just to get away yeah. from some of those those yeah. the Schutzen style points where, you know, it's a it's a different it's it's different. Not I'm not knocking Schutzen, it's just different. You we, don't, don't need You that speak stuff. of Wendell, he outed my Malinois for the first time. I never saw uh, Zane was always kicked my ass when I would try to get him to out. You know, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm my, like, I'm six months into it and I went to a, the, the Bob Eden seminar in Vegas and I took my dog to Wendell's station yeah. and, and, uh, a guy had a sleeve on and Wendell said, give me the leash. I'll show you how to out him. And he put a good, nice leash correction on him. And I was like, wow, you know, that yeah. was like, uh, the magic sauce. Like, how did you do that? You know, <laughs> that's but, cool. Uh, so let me yeah, ask you on that topic. I did a podcast uh, just a week or two ago with uh, Ritland. And one of my, everybody who listens to my podcast knows that I'm a strong advocate of having a very, very good verbal out. And I teach it in my e-collar classes. And mm -hmm. um, did you guys have 
uh, like a strong verbal out for the apprehension apprehensions you had over there, or is that something you um, talk about? Or so uh, no, it was uh, it was uh, more hands take them on. off strong, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Just curiosity. Um, I, I mean, yeah. there's there's tactics yeah. both ways, but I was just curious yeah. how how you guys handled that. Yeah. So. And then uh, as far as, you know, now it, things have changed because I know that it was real busy for a while. Um, are you are you still going back and forth a little bit or are you more uh, uh, still training dogs here? Or what are you I, I'm just training dogs in the United States. In fact, um, I'm retiring uh, from the Army job uh, this month. Uh, um I'm ready to move on to other things. So, you yeah. know, the, the wars, the wars are over. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to try to find something, uh, just as fulfilling to do. Sure. You have any plans yeah. what you're going to do yet or, uh, you know what? I, I run my little knuckle draggers, canine combatives class on weekends. It's, I don't, char I don't make any money from, I don't charge from it, but it's, it's, uh, a lot of friends come a lot of, a lot of guys from my organization sure. come with their dogs that they got as puppies from Mike deal or, yeah. Um, from wherever and uh but yeah i want to teach and uh you know have some fun so i you know brian out in arizona out, out yeah. in phoenix yeah. uh uh went out trained with him and they have an awesome program there at dps yeah uh, i've done i just did one in colorado uh last month for uh some great people so yeah i, I have fun doing that so Good. that's what i want to do. still traveling around doing some so if, yeah 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 if somebody yeah. wants to get a hold of you, what would be the best way to get a hold of you to talk to you about maybe doing a um email me. Yeah. What's your email? It is Zane Z A N E Stoops S T O O P S at gmail dot com. Okay. And I'll put that in the show notes so if you didn't catch it if you're yeah. listening. But you know, reach out to Steve. He does a lot of different seminars, obviously a, a wealth of knowledge. So I think we just kind of scratched the surface on this. I'd like to get you back on and maybe uh, I'm sure I'll get some questions. Maybe to go a little bit deeper into some of the, the training progressions and some of the, yeah, the different and, stuff. Uh, you, had. You, met, you met a very good friend of mine recently, uh, Sonia Nordstrom. Sure. Yep. I, I yeah, Sonia. She, she sends her regards. She's uh, a good friend of mine. Yeah. It's a, it's a small world when, you know, you start traveling around because. Yeah. I told her I was coming on your show and she's like, yeah, I, I met him. Yeah. I was out, uh, I was out there regards. doing a, doing out a uh, marker class. Out there yeah matter. yeah so, like i said it's, yeah. a, it's a small world so yeah. but I, I would like to talk more you know maybe on the next time but i want to talk uh just about some of the i i know you simplified it as far as what you uh how you did things but that doesn't mean the training was simple and to get the dogs up to the um there's not there's not room for error in police work but there's also certainly no room for error in the environments you were in so i'd like to mm -hmm. you know pick your brains a little bit more about uh keeping the dogs stable calm and ready which i think was probably yeah uh, yeah well i can tell you about some other um units uh, around the world that i that um that i assisted in standing up their programs so yeah. yeah yeah so so if you have any questions for steve just email me i'll have my email in the the show notes here as always just re reach out to me and i'll you know keep a few of them together and then the next month or two i'll get steve back on here and we'll go through and and uh, I've got more questions for you and we'll do maybe a question and answer show with you real soon. But I wanted to do a kind of an introductory one with you tonight 
and I appreciate you jumping on and uh, taking the time with me. Well, Jeff, I'm I'm honored to be on here, and, and I'm, I'm a, I've always been a fan of yours and what you've done with hits and your magazine, and uh, you're a forerunner. And thank you for having me. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, nice words from you, uh, and uh, we'll we'll get you back on here real soon. Thank you. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, interview with Steve. He's a guy with a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience. So I'll bring him back on. If you have any questions, like I said, just uh, shoot me an email. My email is jeffmeyer1 at outlook.com. I'll put that in the show notes. But uh, shoot me any questions. We're going to get Steve back on. We're going to talk some of the uh, training progressions that he went through with uh, the dogs. Those dogs obviously had to be uh, very high drive and had to be very dialed in um, for the environment they were working in. So uh, if you have any specific questions, shoot them to me. We'll get Steve back on and uh, go a little bit deeper into some of the training aspects. But I wanted to bring him on, kind of talk about his background a little bit and uh, let you guys know who he is in case uh, you haven't ever heard from him. But he's been around for quite a while. So also I wanted to mention that I have some e-collar classes already on the books. And if you're looking to do any of the classes that we do through the website at uh, policecaninetraining.net, just uh, shoot me an email for that too. But uh, I'll be in uh, South Carolina in February um, in March, I'll be in Payson, Arizona, and New Mexico. Uh, we're going to be there in August, I believe are the dates. They're up on the website, but we, we've uh, got several more that we're starting to work on. If you'd like to host a class, uh, just reach out to me, and hosting a class is real easy. That information is, of course, on the website at policecaninetraining.net. Finally, I need to thank uh, the sponsors of the show. So uh, one of the sponsors, of course, uh, just like uh, last week, is uh, Bob Eden with Canine uh, tracking software so catsplatinum.com so cats has been around for 33 years and uh, one of the nice things about cats is that you don't have to download an app or anything you just uh, use it uh, online it's stored online and with the touch of a button you can have uh, all your files ready to go for uh, court ready files or for supervisors that want to to look in uh, look through anything so it really is a, a first line of defense to buffer against potential and direct vicarious liability issues. Gives uh, supervisors an easy way to, to look at the records. Gives you an easy way to produce you know any records that you need. So check out catsplatinum.com. And the nice thing there is that you know if you use that software, Bob Eden handles all the customer service. So if you have a question, you call the number and Bob answers the phone. And he's very he's the one who started this uh, 33 years ago. He's been involved every step of the way and uh, does a great job customer service-wise. Next, I need to talk about some Demonet Bite Suits. So I like Demonet Bite Suits a lot. I actually use one. Um, they, they're well-made. They are very flexible. You can move around in them. They give you enough protection that you need, but you can still uh, feel what the dog is, is doing and, and react accordingly for the dog. So some of the suits that are just too um, poofy, that you can't really feel anything from the dog. I don't like those as much. I want to be able to to read the dog and and uh, and really start working the dog correctly based on the dog's movements. So I think Demonet Bite Suits is a great option. You can go to DemonetBiteSuits.com, and with that, uh, they're sponsoring this show, and they have a Canine Training PC as an additional five percent off your order. So if you go there and you place an order and you just put in Canine Training. 
K9 and then training and then PC, you'll get 5% off and 5% off a, you know, a larger purchase is going to save you some money. It's a good website. You go there and, and you put in the stuff and they'll handle everything for you. So it makes ordering through, they deal with a lot of departments. So they understand, you know, the ordering process and the PO process and everything. So check out DeminayBiteSuits.com and uh, see what, see what they have to offer. It's not that long to wait to get one shipped to you, but you'll get a custom suit. Probably the you, you'll probably be a Demony customer forever after that. And finally, uh, complete canine training. So it's complete canine, and it's spelled out complete canine training. And out of Colorado, go to complete canine training.com for the information about complete canine training. They have some dogs there for sale, both green dogs and pre-trained dogs. They're doing training there out of, out of their kennel. They have courses. They uh, say that they want to push your limits and prepare your canine for real world, real world deployments. So check out completecaninetraining.com and uh, they'll have all the information on there. Or you can give Chris a call directly at 720-204-1929. But thanks to all these uh, different companies for sponsoring this show. And uh, you know, please look to them if you need any of their products. Thanks again and stay safe out there.